This episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. You can get tons of exclusive content and help us keep the show going by joining at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga and shonen jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. Next week, we'll be covering Nano Hazard. If you'd like to read along with us, be sure to just join the discussion. Just, in- just, a, just a little tiny hazard. Just like a little, little nano one. Just a little, just a little, little bit one. of waste, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mine are fine. $50 fine. But be sure to join in the discussion in our Discord and submit your six-word summary. Come find a link to the Discord in our episode description and on our website, shonenflop.com. But this week, we are talking about Amalgam of Distortion, and we are joined by our guest today, Dingo. I was about to say our guest, Scoob. <laughs> Dingo, thank you so much for joining us. Do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Dingo. I'm the uh, co-creator, founder of Mystery Crew, uh, co-creator of Scoob and Shag, the webcomic. Hell yeah. I uh, want to give a big shout out to to Sneakerer. I don't know if you're familiar. He's a YouTuber. And that was like he kept raving about it on our episode with him. And then I just read the whole thing in like one sitting. So Scoob and Shag fucking rules. Thanks. I will have to say out of the two Western series that are very Jojo inspired, this and Diesel. Gotta say this one's a little <laughs> bit better than that. Diesel? I don't think I've heard of that one. Really? You haven't heard of it, huh? We talked about deep cut references, but this is this is like pretty low on the JoJo iceberg. So essentially, a dude wanted to bring JoJo to America, could not get the rights, and he essentially remade part three as an American comic. What? Yeah. And it's pretty fucking bad. He only got one chapter into it before they were just like, no, you can't do this anymore. Yeah. It's notable because um, like he straight up calls things stands. Wow. He says, this must be the work of an enemy stand, is literally said as dialogue. Like, literally, yeah. No, but uh, this is notable because the Dio stand-in's name is Botha. Yes. Oh, God. Okay, I, I have to look this up <laughs> after this now. It's pretty great. We did a piece of Patreon content with the legendary Shockmeister. So big shout out to that guy. He is an absolute legend. Absolutely. But yeah, so we're a big fan. And then Dingo, I know you include a lot of really famous cartoon characters for context listener. Imagine kind of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with, I would say, Western cartoon characters having really awesome stand battles. Dingo, I hopefully that summary gave your series uh, justice. Yeah, that, that about sums it up. <laughs> it's like Hanna-Barbera Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And then, Dingo, are there any spoilers you can give to listeners about things that are coming up just to uh, get them a little excited for the next part of Scoob and Shag? Yeah, so I think in this next arc, we're going to really dive deep into kind of fleshing out the... What? What? Fuck, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Holy shit. I can't read that part in public. Oh, God. <laughs> we're having a lot of fun here, but we do have to talk about this manga as much as I'd love to talk about Scoob and Shag for an hour and a half. My head is still spinning over that revelation, but I mean... It's going to be very divisive, yeah. Let's go into the, man- the manga details. So this was written by Ryo Ishiyama. Notable people they were an assistant for. This little guy, not very well known, Ichiro Oda, who wrote something called One Piece. <laughs> you know, I can't even keep a straight face when I talk yeah, about Yeah, just that. this little kind of unknown... It was like... Minor cultural impact. It was a little successful. I don't know. Well, it wasn't about miners. It was about pirates, but you know. Oh my God. All yeah, right. I've heard of it. Apparently, in August 2014 issue, the author comment had Oda saying, Ah, I was wondering why Shibata and Ishiyama hadn't been coming to assist me lately, and it turns out that they have new series. Good luck. And uh, yeah, this guy uh, did not have good luck. Oh, man. As we will get into in a little bit. He was also an assistant for Tomohiro Hasegawa, the author of fucking Mora King. Oh, 
my god. Think of you ever heard of Mora King? Ah, uh, no, I can't say I'm familiar with it. Mora King rules. It's like this little kid is like trying to raise uh, a rhinoceros beetle and then the egg hatches and it's just a tall beautiful man who is still a rhinoceros beetle and just he's Mora King, king of the forest. It's pretty great. It's just a very silly series. Okay. Yeah, it's very good. And also, he did something called Koi no Cupid Yakenohara Jin, and I do not know what that is. Anyway, notable people they had as assistants were, there's only one here, Kenta Yuzuriha of Story of a Jobless Champion and a Princess Who Together Find Their Happiness. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like an isekai, just from the extremely long title. It's either an isekai or a pop-punk song title. Hey. <laughs> This guy's other works include Mitsubuki Condor from 2014, 16 chapters and three volumes. Maxi B says it's about two quirky characters called Sue and Marshmallow who seek out fantastic treasures in a mystical world. But the real treasure was the friends we made along the way. That's true. He also did the storyboards for One Piece, specifically episode A, which went for four chapters. I, I mean, I guess it's a One Piece spinoff. It's about Ace and how he gets his, like, double fruit. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it seems to be an adaptation of a One Piece novel. Mm -hmm. He's currently working on Dragon and Chameleon. Uh, started in 2022. It's got two volumes and seems to be still going. And it's about a successful author who swaps bodies with his cynical, evil former assistant. So I guess it's about him and Oda. <laughs> Apparently people say it's pretty good, but it hasn't been translated yet. Oh, that's, I'm, I'll be interested to read it. But yeah, so this series, we're talking, we're not talking about those right now. We're talking about Amalgam of Distortion. What a Ooh. cool title, man. Oh my God. Amalgamate all those distortions together and you get like, I don't know, an Ibanez tube screamer or something. But this ran from October 8th, 2016 to February 20th, 2017, 18 chapters and one epilogue, which I don't think I read. Oh wait, no, I think I did. Yes. And it had three volumes. So this is a unique. 19 member and by that Dingo I of course mean a manga that got cancelled under 19 chapters <laughs> the series it replaced was Takuan and Batsu's Daily Demon Diary by Kentaro Itani uh, for three volumes and as Maxi B notes here it was a flop Aww. the series it replaced it was Demon Prince Poro's Diaries which sounds very similar to the series that it replaced but different author Hitsuji Gondaira two volumes that one's also a flop and the series that started at the same time of it was Spring Weapon number one by Tomohiro Hasegawa seven volumes so it's not I guess it did all right that's like the definition of performing like mediocrity because we can't even do anything with that it's like fine I guess we could do we could do a long form on it I guess like we did with Magu-chan which listener you can listen to on Patreon very good <laughs> ABC always be selling not as bad as three though Oh, yeah, no, it did better than this one. I can tell you fucking that's that. That's true, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, let's get into this fucking plot summary to learn what the, yeah. what the hell this amalgam is. What's the distortion? Oh, my God. Oh, buddy, there's so many amalgams being distorted. I know. So that's it, huh? Some sort of amalgam <laughs> of distortion. And then he distorted all over the place. <laughs> 
this really was an amalgam of distortion. End credits, Walk of Life by uh, Dire Straits plays. Anyway, let's go. Rokumichi is just a guy, you know? He uh, he goes to school. He's got a big crush on his childhood friend, Yayoi, who physically abuses him with karate. He finally works up the courage to ask her out, and while walking away, he sees a little kid on the dang train tracks with a train coming right for him. Oh, no! Rokumichi jumps in to save him, but the kid was actually a hologram, and he just gets fucking owned by that goddamn train. Just, like, wrecked, like, obliterated. When he wakes up, he's in an anime science tube thingy with his torso and one of his arms missing. As he sees a freaky female scientist slurping up his missing guts like spaghetti. <laughs> Rokumichi discovers that a recent transfer student, Ishu, is there too as a scientist. Ishu tells him that he's been implanted with monster cells to turn him into something called a Gasha Dokuro, and that he, Ishu, is actually a spy and one of the good guys. Ooh. The evil cannibal lady whose name is Sarah Warren. You will notice, <laughs> listener, it's just like a, no, a normal last name. Yeah. Listener, you may remember in the chibi, I called her Joanna Dark. That's because they say that for one line. I got very confused. It is Sarah Warren. They also changed the spelling of her name a few times. Yeah, that was... That was probably a translator issue. I doubt that was in the original. But anyway, she overhears him because he's a fucking idiot. He says it right by a glass tube and just doesn't see her. She's standing right the fuck there. And Ishu breaks Rokumichi out and he finds that his missing limbs have been replaced with cool bony ones. And he has monster powers now. He defeats all the bad scientists, uh, including he, he tries to kill Sarah, but it turns out that she was a hologram the whole time. Maybe she swapped out because then you wonder who the fuck was eating the, the guts. Ishu tells him that he has to kill him so that he doesn't become a crazy rampaging monster that kills a bunch of people. But when he realizes that Rokumichi hasn't gone fucking crazy yet, he decides to give him another chance with the caveat that if he does go fucking crazy, he'll kill him. Suddenly, hot girl in her underwear wanders over out of nowhere, babbling gibberish. <laughs> Typical woman. Nah, I'm, I feel bad about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and when she stretches her neck 10 feet, the two realize that she's turned into a truly crazy monster. Rokumichi tries to stop Ishu from killing her, but she impales herself on one of his many spines anyway. Popcorn David. Rokumichi passes out and wakes up in the hostel room with Goto, who tells him that he either has to run away and change his identity or join the special police agency, Squad Zero, the secret squad who fights Sai, the bad guys from Chapter 1. But just so you guys know, I didn't write it here because I fucked up. Goto is Ishu's boss. There you go. Yes. Rokumichi chooses the later and because this is a manga series and they let him go on his date with Yayoi so he can tell her he has to go away for a while. Ishii and Rokumichi are Ishu. then Ishu, remember I fucked up, David. Yeah. Ishu and Rokumichi are then made to share a dorm together as roommates and bicker about food and stuff until it's time to go on their first mission where they have to stop a serial killer guy who uses nine tail fox powers to fuck up people's faces and prevent them from breathing. Believe it. Believe it. Yeah. Damn, that Nine Tails Fox. Imagine <laughs> if every bad guy was a parody of a, of a popular Shonen Jump series. Oh, God. Rokumichi ends up defeating him, and the guy is captured with his victims, a paranormal investigation club looking for spooky ghosts, all surviving. Later, Rokumichi and Ishu are just chilling in their dorm when Goto visits them. He tells them that the two new really cool agents are coming to join them. He opens the door to find their drivers who hand him a box of the agent's finger and ear before blowing the fuck up. The three survive and discover that the Squad Zero agents were killed by Psy agents. One of them is a young girl with guns all over her body who Goto fights and defeats. The other is an anxious man with a superpower based laser in 
his hand, who's worried about returning a DVD on time to avoid late fees. He didn't have Netflix at the time. Maybe Blockbuster lasted a little bit longer in Japan. I don't know. Maybe it's a <laughs> sick American Psycho reference. Ooh, it's true. Ooh, I haven't seen that movie. Rokumichi saves Ishu by going into ultra bone mode and defeating him. What else would you call it? I don't know. <laughs> the bone zone. The bone zone. <laughs> he goes just a tiny bit crazy from it, but is incapacitated when Goto reveals weird dimension powers that we never learn about. Series ends before we learn about it. You gotta love when that happens. Rokumichi wakes up in the jail cell next to the serial killer guy who tells him that he overheard that his childhood friend Yayoi was kidnapped by Sarah Warren and is being held captive. Popcorn dingo. I just want to say every time David says Sarah Warren, he laughs. I mean, it's really funny. Which he should. It's just the juxtaposition from everyone else's name in the series is just like so jarring. Sarah Warren sounds like she's like a she's like the energy secretary for the Biden administration. <laughs> I know it's just like like, oh, yeah, I went to school with Sarah Warren. I know her. So Rokumichi busts out of prison and rushes over to save her. When he gets there, Sarah is really happy to see him. A little too happy and sends her underling after a little bit too happy after her uh, while she gropes Yayoi and then drags her to the roof. Yeah, that was weird. She, there's just like a panel where she's like groping Yayoi's like breast. It was very strange. Yeah, it was very strange. Uh, he was a Tengu monster inside of him with gravity powers and loves Sarah because she saved him from things like drowning, being eaten by a lion, and getting struck by lightning. Meanwhile, Sarah is threatening Yayoi with an X-Acto knife while Eishu appears and cuts off her fingers, which she instantly regenerates. Uh, she tells him that she's actually an 800-year-old immortal being with mermaid powers who has been trying to make more monsters like herself and that Rokumichi in the, uh, in the first success. That definitely sounds like an AI generator. Is to give me a bit of backstory. <laughs> That's what it outputs. Yeah. Ah, she's an 800 year old mermaid. Yes. Excuse me, officer. It's not an anime without uh, an 800 year old mermaid. Yeah. Rokumichi defeats the Tengu guy and then takes him to where everyone else is. And Sarah tells the guy that his memories were faked to manipulate him and that he's very sad about that. Yeah, I would be too. That sucks. Rokumichi then fights Sarah, who grows wings a tail and uses bone powers just like Rokumichi and has gravity powers like Tengu guy. God damn. A true amalgam. And it's really distorted. Yeah. <laughs> so Rokumichi <laughs> turns into a giant big old uh, bone boy and Sarah uses gravity balls to try and hurt him really fast, like faster than he can regenerate his bones. But he turns the tables on her and uses the gravity ball and his bones in order to turn her faster than she can regenerate. Damn. Rokumichi manages to win, but uh, seems to have turned crazy. He went crazy mode. A little bit of a sicko mode turn right there. I think. <laughs> oh. he, got a little, he got a little Joker-fied for a little bit, I would say. Just imagine if he got into Hulk mania. Oh. And you know what that means? That means we got to kill him. Yeah. Oh, that's right, brother. You got to. But that's until uh, Yayoi is able to bring him back uh, to his senses. Then the bones on his feet break off to reveal uh, human feet with skin and muscle. Later, Sarah is still hurt when she's approached by Goto's older brother, who's apparently the real bad guy, and her boss. Uh, regardless, Rokumichi goes back to school and has a cute moment with Yaoi when he gets a call from Goto that they need him for something because he still has bone powers, I guess. Yeah. So he jumps off a building to go rescue because he's Spider-Man now. He has become Spider-Man. Is the spider bone. With great bones comes great responsibility. I thought you say with great bones comes great boners. That would have been better, yeah. Cool. That, I really yeah, thought that well, was going to be something funny. I'm going to uh, just fucking leave. <laughs> Dingo, do you mind telling us about the main character, please? 
Uh, so the main character is uh, Rokumichi Kusaba, kind of your typical anime boy. Yeah. Very blunt, uh, usually kind of speaks his mind, has a crush on Yayoi, who's the main love interest. I mean, she's kind of irrelevant for most of the series until suddenly she's relevant again. Yeah. Tends to go berserk sometimes when he can't control his powers, uh, but he's able to resist it through the will, through like sheer willpower and his, I guess, feelings for Yayoi. His sense of righteousness, you know? He's one of those hero characters who, who's like really against killing bad guys when it's like, I don't know, man, maybe you should kind of kill the psycho serial killer. I don't know. With like super evil powers who has no remorse over ruining people's physiologies and stuff. I don't know, man. Maybe that one's like... Soft boy Denji. <laughs> <laughs> Soft boy Denji, I love it. Soft boy Denji! Yes! Oh my god, it's... Is that your three-word summary? Oh, I might have to use that. Yeah, actually. <laughs> he definitely does go sicko mode sometimes when he finds out that his friends are in danger. I like the little bits about him where he actually really likes doing chores for some reason. Like, yeah. And he's like a pretty decent cook, apparently. Like he gets real mad at Ishu because Ishu can't crack eggs correctly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't realize that was a skill, but it is. Yeah, it can be hard. But yeah, I agree. I think one of his fine traits is just how he goes berserk. But he's like, they say he's the only one who can resist the monster cells, which isn't true based on everything else we see in the series, which is weird. It seems like he's able to resist the pain because girl he has a crush on was constantly yeah. physically abusing him with karate and beating the shit out of him all the time. And he's just like, this pain ain't shit. I get the shit kicked out of me every day by the girl I love. <laughs> oh man and then moving on jordan will you tell us about our samurai cop okay so aki is a uh character oh oh do you, you get it guys yeah. see the joke there he, he looks <laughs> like aki uh from chainsaw his name's sasuke <laughs> his name is that one character from jujutsu kaisen whose name i completely forget no i mean aishu kuramitsu he is your typical handsome quiet kid but haha jokes on you he's also a ninja samurai guy who believes in justice he's so cool and he's completely based and he didn't take the monster pill no, he did not. He uh, trained as a little kid to just fucking kill bad experiments. Which makes me wonder the timeline of, well, I guess she's been doing this for a long time, so I guess it makes sense. Apparently 800 years, David. Yeah. <laughs> Dingo, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Arushi? I talk about Sarah Warren. Oh, we can jump into Sarah Warren. All right. Yeah, so speaking of Sarah Warren, she's the a mad scientist. The best character in the fucking manga, by the way. Oh, yeah. I love how she just eats like, entrails from like a kfc bucket god she is like such a good b-movie horror villain yeah I, she ate a mermaid and got its powers she chews the fuck out of the scenery every time she appears i fucking love her she's a fucking psychopath she's got that rita repulsa energy <laughs> Yeah, like there's a moment where it's like, uh, oh, man, why did she trick Rokumichi into getting hit by a train? Hmm. And then they're just like, oh, she's fucking crazy. She's a fucking psycho. <laughs> Love a good villain that's just fucked up. Yeah. The offer has the biggest hallway pass ever for anything she does because she is established. She is just that crazy. 
She is crazy in an entertaining way. So I just really, I don't care. Yeah, have her do psycho shit. It's fun. Like when she's just eating spines and shit, it's like, ah, that's gross. But like in the ghoul fun way. In kind of horny way. Oh, yeah. Where did she get the mermaid from? From the sea, David. Where the fuck else would she get right, the mermaid Right, of course. From? Yeah. Dingo, would you mind telling us about the last main character series? Boss man. The boss man himself, Goto uh, Jiro. He's hungry for apples, I guess. He's like eating an apple several times, if I remember correctly. Yeah. He's got those cool bandages on his arms that I was certain were going to come off at some point. Yeah. But they never but did. They just didn't. Sort of the kind of like aloof mentor kind of teacher guy, you know, your your Kakashi, your 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 Gojo kind of guy. He literally has his eye closed. He literally has his eye closed. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like Mash. Oh, yeah, he does from Mashal. And he even has like a line on his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because we're pointing out these connections to anime and manga that came out after this, which yeah. is like, you know, it's like, oh, this ripped off Jujutsu Kaisen. No, nope. well, except for Naruto. Yeah, not Naruto. Yeah, I mean, no, nah, he's got like Rock Lee hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. And he's uh, like, it's implied the whole time that he's like extremely strong, like he's hiding something under those bandages or something, but it's never really explained or shown. Yeah, the series kind of ends before they get there. Yeah, yeah, the series clearly had a lot of ideas it was going to kind of do. You could tell there was going to be like a whole arc delving into like his powers and stuff. And the author's like, nah. And his brother. Yeah, his brother shows up. Yeah, the series kind of had some plot issues, so why don't we dive into why it failed to naturally get into that. The pacing of this series is kind of weird, where a lot of the time I really didn't understand the framework of this story, and also the power system isn't really explained because you think it's kind of like a horror biology-based, and then you have people that just have legitimate magic, and like they're mermaids, where nothing sets that up. So that stuff didn't bother me as much as the fact that I had trouble figuring out what was happening in the fight scenes. Oh, yeah. Like, I kind of got the gist of what was going on, but like panel to panel, I could not really figure out who was punching who, what motion was happening, who was getting kicked somewhere. Like, it was confusing. Yeah, I agree. Dingo, um, did you also feel that way as a cartoonist? I did. Visually, there were a few a f- a few times where I felt like I couldn't really follow what was going on, but what really kind of put the nail in the coffin on that one is the translation, um, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Like, it was hard enough to, like, see what was going on, but then when you try to read what they're saying, it's like, hang on a second, what? So for reference, Dingo, a lot of these a lot of these flopped manga don't really get officially translated because nobody gives a shit about them. So what tends to happen is that just some random guy from like Indonesia takes it upon himself to try and translate it. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. He did a good enough job or they I don't know the gender of the person who did it, but they they did an okay enough job where I could follow it. But yeah, there were a lot of fucked up grammar things. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember there was a panel where I was really curious what like native speaker because she says it's like five people billion or something. And I'm really curious what like native language that grammatically would be corrected. (laughs) 
Oh, man. There's a great little translation note where the Tengu guy says, interesting. And then there was an asterisk and the guy was like, yeah, so in the in the, the original version, he says uh, a quiet man. And I didn't really fucking understand that. So I just put interesting there. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, speaking of the panels, it was hard to follow, but I also felt it was very low energy where you really didn't feel impact between anything. And that's generally one of the things that you usually see a manga really improve on as the series go on. But even like in the last one or two chapters, it just felt like there was no energy behind like any of the actual attacks that were going on. Yeah, I feel like it all happened very like fast also. Like something would have just happened and it's like, oh, uh, okay, that happened, I guess, and it's over now. Yeah. I didn't understand the gravity powers that became very important. I had zero idea what was going on in that scene. And then they skip it and then did a flashback for some reason. I did not understand what was going on in the fight against the Tengu guy, like, almost at all. Like, I kind of got, like, oh, they're suddenly in the air, but this is a different place, and then, like, he was doing something, and the guy was like, I forgot about that room, and I'm like, what room? Yeah. Why does that matter? What What's happening? Huh? Like, I, it was it was confusing. Yeah. Something unrelated was, they don't really explain how the humans are able to fight these monsters if they have no supernatural abilities, because it's like, at least, like, Demon Slayer kind of explains it, but here it's just, like, as far as we're at, these are just normal people that somehow have supernatural abilities without any explanation. Because obviously they're not mutated because they yeah. say that's not how it works, but I don't know how these people are able, like, how did they survive that explosion if they're normal human beings? It's like 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups. Yeah, you're right. My, I forgot about that. The secret uh, karate arts of the hidden leaf and stuff. The and... secret karate art of friendship. Oh, well, that's that's the ultimate secret one or apparently love and justice. Yeah, they have love power in this manga. I also didn't really get the point where they were like, oh, they found these mummified monsters like hundreds of years ago. And like, you think that's going to mean something. But then Sarah Warren's just like, nah, those are my fuck ups. Yeah, she's like, those are my babies. Yeah, I fucked that up. My bad. <laughs> I feel like when her defeat was also a little bit of a cop out where they were like, oh, she has regenerative powers. Then he's just like, well, I'll kill you faster than you can regenerate. That they always fucking do that. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, she didn't actually get killed. So I don't know. Yeah. And Maybe. then Dingo, was there any issues you have with the series we haven't brought up yet? Oh, man. So many. <laughs> Give us your number one issue you had. My number one, I guess it's just that it doesn't really do anything to like stand out or be unique as like a shonen, I guess. Yeah. It's very like by the books, like every cliche, every trope is there, but not in like a fun way and just kind of like a boring way. It's boring, which is like ironic because you wouldn't think a series like this is kind of actually boring at times, but it is. I mean, my brain has been broken by the horrible manga that we have read over the past year or so. Oh, this is way better. This is so much better. We'll get into what it did well, but this is just so much better than so much of the shit we read. But in comparison to actually successful manga, you're right. This is boring. And then on that note, why don't we actually transition into what it did well? Yeah. So, Dingo, though, as someone who has actually created a really good series, what are some things you recognize as things this series did well? Yeah, so there are a lot of things I think it did not do very well, but I do got to give it, you know, to some of the things it did I, uh, that did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> the art, especially like horror, more the more horror stuff is pretty good. Like, yeah, the way uh, Rokumichi's like bone powers are kind of interpreted is really cool. Like the fact that he can just kind of grow as many of them as he wants and just like the big skelly boys and stuff. I think that stuff is cool. Even like the enemies he fights, like the hot girl with the neck. <laughs> yeah, who comes yeah, back yeah. for some reason? Yeah, she comes back. Like, 
in terms of like uh like horror like that art is actually like it's pretty pretty cool stuff Mm -hmm. i agree like again like uh when sarah warren is like sarah warren when sarah warren is like devouring that spine it was like oh that's sick like Mm. that's fucking gross but yeah again she is fucking loving it and it's like okay i I can i can get with all right cool i can get down with this okay yeah yeah the art is good in this series when it doesn't have to do with the energy issues on the panel like i think the monster designs were cool which really gave a good sense of dread to the series yeah the end when uh, rokamichi turns into that giant fucking bone dude that design looks pretty sick that was his design at the start of the series before he turned back into a humanoid form. So that was a nice callback. Yeah, to see him go sicko mode and then actually like control it. <laughs> <laughs> sicko mode. He's Travis Scott. Is it he? Uh, it's not acid. It's actually McDonald's Sprite that one guy was using. Um, oh, I. Oh, oh, okay. There's a Travis Scott McDonald's meal. That's if you were wondering why I was connecting McDonald's to Travis Scott. I was wondering. Okay, that's why I could sense that in your voice. You were like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? I barely know who Travis Scott is, so... Okay. I actually kind of liked Rokamichi and Aishu's dynamic when they were in the dorm. It was like... Like, the fact that they were bickering and stuff, it was like a sense where they're equals and they are both actually kids. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, 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 the series knew to inject a little bit of comedy into the series, which I think helped a lot. Yeah. They have, they have a good, like, like a, like a, like a Denji Aki kind of dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost in reverse, though, because like like Rokumichi is more of the domestic kind of guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I, I kind of appreciate. You don't usually see that like with the shonen protagonist is actually like someone who cleans and cooks. Yeah, <laughs> I also, by the way, love how Ishu has like the best philosophy where he's like, we should just fucking be killing these monsters, dude. What? Like these are going to kill a lot of people if anything goes wrong. And you saw actually the prison system doesn't work because of how easily the main character broke out of it. <laughs> yeah, like the prison system was very silly. Where <laughs> They were just like, we're going to put him next to the serial killer and we're going to make the walls thin enough where they can talk to each other. What's the worst that could happen? I foresee issues here. But I also foresee where places where it could have gone. So why don't we move into that? So, Dingo, um, I think you've had some thoughts on your mind of things where you would have changed about the series. So what is really something that stood out to you? I think art wise, you know, it's OK, other than the very like horror kind of leaning stuff. So I, I feel like I really would have liked it a lot more if it really leaned into the, the horror aspect of it a little bit. Yeah. Like visually, the horror is like is, is awesome. But like, I feel like Jojo is a really good example of something that's not super visually horror, but story wise, like narratively wise, leans really hard into horror. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- that would have been a lot more interesting to see, I think, because other than like take the horror out of this whole series that it's just like the most generic anime plot ever i'd agree with that i I was thinking like the first chapter actually he kind of like thinks about like things he's done in the past and that helps him like use his powers and i kind of wish that had been more of an element like what if it was like a slumdog millionaire where different life events inspire different utilizations of his power set Mm -hmm. because you actually kind of don't see that much in shonen like it happens like once where luffy explicitly says how he got an idea for a power and i know the movie kind of made a scene of how he fought of the gears but it's like you don't ever actually see someone like really actively be inspired and then like apply inspiration to develop a power because that's just a lot of extra work for the author right but it would have been really cool to have seen more of that in the series also you know we, we've kind of touched on it a little bit i'm kind of sick of protagonists and violent shonen manga just being like no 
must never kill anybody. Yeah. I must never do it ever. It's the worst thing when it's like, as I touched upon with like the fact that you're going up against a horrible serial killer who's doing terrible things to people having no remorse. I don't know, man. Maybe when you're talking about monsters, actual monsters like that, I don't know. Maybe you can bend the rule a little bit and it, it would have been nice to see him. Maybe he could deal with some kind of like moral conflict there. You know, uh, maybe like he has the chance to go see Yayoi again, but like feels I can't face her right now. I'm too fucked up. Yeah, that's why I think like <laughs> like Denji and Chainsaw Man is such like a like a like a breath of fresh air. I think yeah. when that came out, it was like finally like a like an anime protagonist that's like his only motivation is to like have a normal life, and he'll do anything to get to that. <laughs> yeah. I think he should have had to have killed that lady at the start. And then Ishu is like, that's just how it fucking is, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kill or be killed when fighting these monsters. It would have also increased the stakes. I say this like for a lot of things, but like um, the organizations are always like way too nice. Yeah. To the main character. Like, I'm sorry. Goto should not have been like, yeah, no, just go live uh, in the middle of nowhere with like fucking and like just change your name. It'll be all right. No, he's a fucking horrible monster. You guys spent like the past two chapters building up how terrifying it is. And you're just saying, nah, we can ignore it. Whatever. It's not a big deal. Just go live out there. No, fucking you should be like threatening him basically mm -hmm. like they do it in Jujutsu Kaisen where it's like well you can work for us or I'll just fucking kill you I don't know what to fucking tell you that is a much better way I think to handle this like you know Chainsaw Man kind of does this too we bring those up because there's a lot of similarities but it's like it really diminishes the sense of danger if it's just like you can just ignore it like that then it's like <laughs> well I guess it's not actually that big a deal huh yeah, you could kill everyone and everything you know, but why don't you just come work with us for a little bit? <laughs> It'll be fun. That'd be one thing. My issue was like the previous thing he did where he was like, nah, you just live in the woods. Just go in the middle of nowhere, whatever. Just change your name. Yeah, just run away, you know? Otherwise, uh, you'll be trapped. You'll be like caught in all this stuff. Like Goto cares way more about Rokumichi's individual well-being than I think he should. Yeah, I will say living in the woods is pretty nice, though. I just got back from being in the woods. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. <laughs> I also think they could have done a much better job setting up the fact that actual monsters exist in this world. Like, you know, <laughs> this is mermaid shit. It needed to be set up. Yeah, like there's mermaids. <laughs> yeah, like David is really angry about the mermaids. I am. For some, for some reason, this really pissed me off. <laughs> I think it's because I saw the mermaid jokes and then it actually happened. And I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there like there was something there in that like every monster was based off of like some kind of, you know, like monster in like Japanese lore or something. And then we kind of just don't it's never explained. We never really see. I don't know. It just kind of doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I don't know. Is that what a mermaid is? <laughs> like, are those what mermaid powers are? I wasn't as bothered by it by David, but it was like, what? What's going on? <laughs> I, I, I did think it was kind of cool. I did think in a lot of ways, like a lot of things having to do with Sarah Warren were pretty cool. Like, um, but the mermaid thing is strange. I kind of would have liked her to have her own power set, too, instead of just copying everybody's. It's always stupid when they're like, I have all the powers and then I'm somehow still weaker than you. Yeah, it's just cop out kind of like it just seems like you're not using everything that you've set up properly. <laughs> oh, man. But now that I think that we've talked about ways we would have fixed this series, let's get into our miscellaneous thoughts and talk about some other extra ideas we had that we just haven't had a chance to talk about yet. So, Jordan, you know, as the most random guy here, what was a random thought of yours? Oh, well, uh, RAR 
XD. There are a lot of weird similarities between this and Chainsaw Man mm-hmm. and Jujutsu Kaisen, and it really weirds me out. The monster gibberish is like exactly something from Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, the whole thing where, like, even just the thing I noticed where it's like he wakes up in a hospital and Goto is carving apples into bunnies in the exact way that Aki does. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. (laughs) Like, I was already seeing the similarities and then that happened. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you know, he becomes like this demon human hybrid. Of course, Ishu. Ishu looks like Aki, like visually. There's an evil psycho woman i guess spoilers for chainsaw man i guess i mean even just like the dynamic where they were living together it, right it did remind me a lot of denji and aki it has to be a coincidence or maybe like i don't know maybe fujimoto was secretly a big fan of this series i don't he know read it and he saw that it flopped and he's like mm, nobody knows about this maybe i can oh. maybe i can use this hey i respect that yeah hey it's not the first time we've read a series that ripped off chainsaw man just by coming out first yeah <laughs> There was Black Torch where a guy has a pet demon and dies and merges with the demon inside of his chest. And that came out before Chainsaw. Yeah. Black Torch is great, though, where it's literally the artist spent 10,000, spent 10,000 hours drawing women's asses and truly is the greatest women's ass drawer of our generation. Like, you can't even be mad how often you see a woman's ass because they're drawn impeccably every single time. Uh, What's it called again? So I can blacklist it. (laughs) (laughs) Black Torch. Okay. High quality women's asses, I will say. Yes. If you want true thickness, though, you got to check out Hunter's Guild, Red Hood. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, hey, hey. But yeah, um, I also really liked how the Tengu guy, he was like saying all this insane shit where it's like she saved me from being struck by lightning and from being eaten by a lion and from drowning. And I read that. I was like, that's kind of silly and ridiculous. And then it turned out, no, it was silly and ridiculous. She completely fucking put those in his mind. Made that up, idiot. You believe that? She fucking made that shit up. God. <laughs> that's called gaslighting god damn fucking sarah warren's canceled jordan i don't think that's what gaslighting is david shut up <laughs> i love making that joke every single fucking time <laughs> oh that's it that's it that's just a joke i will recycle every single time uh i like how at the end he just kind of joins them because he was like oh guys it's fine i was just i was just gaslit i'm okay now that's kind of like what happened in Rave Master. One of the bosses is like, well, I don't really have anything else to do now. I'll just join you guys. And they're like, OK. It's kind of like uh, to bring this back. Toru from Jackie Chan Adventures. Oh. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you got to listen to Warm Up Audio to get that full spiel where yeah. we asked Dingo the important question of what would happen if he had animated Jackie Chan in his universe and what would happen with the real Jackie Chan. But you'll have to listen to the Warm Up Audio to find out what Dingo thinks would happen. Patreon.com slash Shonen Flop. Thank you, Jordan. I also, though, want to say Maxi B, our wonderful manga historian, has some pretty cool additional thoughts. By the way, David, I was listening to a podcast that Maxi B guested on relatively recently, and they were like, they call me a manga historian. I don't know why. (laughs) I mean, Maxi B literally is someone who knows the history about manga. Literally, they function as a manga historian. They work as a manga historian for us, I suppose. 
Maxi B, please tell me if you'd rather be referred to as something else. But based on your <laughs> literal, your function, you are a manga history. But yes, so the lovely Maxi B, who has their title TBD, Maxi B TBD title, is some volume extras include character profiles and little gag drawings in between chapters, as well as four coma bonus drawings and one shots. Volume two has a one shot from Jump Next. Volume three has a one shot from Weekly Shonen Jump. Both are prototypes that led to the creation of Amalgam of Distortion, but the later assembles it more. And chapter 19 is volume only. The series ends in chapter 18 and jump. That's a bonus, baby. That's the opposite of uh, Mirror World where the last chapter was so bad, Dingo, they never printed it. Wow. Because it was literally about a pedophile (laughs) creeping on underage girls. And they're like, wow, this was bad. Let's not publish that ever again. That chapter is hilarious, though, because it ends with a text box where the author's like, yeah, sorry, guys, I'm never, ever touching this series ever again. Bye. Yeah. It, which was a good call. <laughs> it was a good call. Also, apparently the last few pages in the scan are separate from the rest of the chapter. So it's like a post credit sequence. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense. But does anyone have any other thoughts or should we get a final verdict? I'm good. Yeah, we can. All right. As we are rounding the corner. I'm on... good and I'm feeling all right. And I'm about to have the best fucking six Ford summary segments of my life. <laughs> all right. Well, then let's do it. Starting with the community from Maxi B, we have saxophone player. Nice work, Bone Daddy. Uh. 090C says TFW, no crazy immortal mommy GF. Diego, no relation. Some distorted kind of bone collection. <laughs> Dude rocks. They should have been called bone collection. Slash, why did the mangakas introduce mermaids? By the way, uh... Dingo, the reason why most people, two people brought up Bone Collection is because one of the worst manga we ever read on this series is called Bone Collection. A lot of bone flops. It's about a main character who has to grope his wife. Oh. To activate superpowers. To pull her bones out, basically. Of course. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> From Lord Anubis, leaving Jump was the right call. Portal Man, my life as a teenage monster. Nice. Red Blade, boring manga is a boner killer. Nice. From Real, what if the bones were outside? <laughs> and <laughs> Mermaid Mother makes many monster minions. Spubby, oh God, what has science done? Spike, distortion speedruns getting axed in Jump. Oh, and Jordan, this is a equal 19 club manga, by the way. Ooh. Okay, I, I suppose. Dingo, there's a manga called U19, which lasted for 18 chapters. So it's the U19 club if you're less than 19 chapters. Okay. Spook. This is Oppenheimer for Japanese people. Uh, <laughs> what? 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 That actually reminds me about how I know this guy who kind of said something that's like you would think his brain would have been like, I shouldn't say that. But we were talking about how like back in college doing Barbenheimer would have been like a quintessential like go do if your friends thing to do the double feature. Uh And he goes, I wonder if the anime club saw Oppenheimer as a horror movie. Oh, my God. I'm just like, buddy, why did you think that like something should have prevented you from saying that out loud? (laughs) All right. And then from the Yeti, spooky skeletons, shitty sketches, substandard storyline. In Blah Moo skeleton manga should be cool. Come on. Hey. And then, Dingo, what was yours? My six words are Softboy Denji. Yeah, that works. Cool. All right, we did it. Should we be expecting Softboy Denji to show up in Scoob and Shag anytime now? It's possible. That was actually Ooh. the character we bleeped out at the start of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go, listener. <laughs> uh, Jordan, how about you? The Chainsaw Man we have at home. I like it. Mine was got a break and reset plot, you know, like with mm. a bone. And then mm. also I thought of a uh, speaking of a, a cartoon reference, mermaid murder, mermaid murder, mermaid murder. <laughs> and then now it's time to say flop or not. Dingo, would you consider this series a flop, a certified flop or not a flop at all? It's unfortunately a flop for me. Uh, certified or not? Maybe not certified. I think if it went on a little okay. longer, maybe I had a chance, but 
<laughs> so what would you recommend someone check out instead? I'm trying to think something in the same kind of category. If you really want to read something horror, like you can't go wrong with like Junji Ito, obviously. I recently yeah, read yeah. Um, PTSD Radio is really good. I don't know that. I've not heard of that one either. It's really good. It's, it's really short. It's only like um, like three volumes, I think. Ooh. Is that Junji Ito? No, no. It's um, Masaki Nakayama. Oh, cool. And if you want something that's like cool action shonen, just read One Piece. you'll see some of this guy's work in there apparently yeah exactly that's true and jordan how about you so i think this is a flop yeah which is sad because i liked a lot of this i did not hate reading this but again my brain has been broken by the trash we've read and it's like one of those things where i have to think of like i've also been reading a little bit of akane banash and i'm just thinking about how much more compelling a manga like akane banashi is or a manga like kanikuman or a manga like god forbid chainsaw man is like where i just feel like i have to keep reading this one was not the case i did not dislike this as much as other manga we have read but it's just not up there it's just not there and if you want to read something with a similar kind of body horror check out tetsuo the iron man which was a direct inspiration for silent hill whoa that's pretty cool and is a really freaky black and white Japanese horror short film about a guy who just uh, starts like fusing with metal parts. I feel like it's supposed to be a reference to Akira. Mm. That's really cool. It is pretty good. Yeah. And then for mine, if you guys want to read a really cool series, that has some cool horror elements into it and some good action. I think you should check out Scoob and Shack. Hey. hey! Oh, hey. who did that? Who did that series? <laughs> I wonder. Wait a second, that's not my note. Uh, no, Scuba Shack is great. Also, if you want to read something not created by our guests, Parasite has a really good manga and a really good anime. It's about a guy who an alien tries to take over his body but fucks up, and so they kind of fuse and have to work together to fight alien invaders on Earth. So that's like a cool action shonen that has a very strong body horror element to it. And that was an influence on Resident Evil Four. Oh. Really? That makes sense. If you look at the things that people like transform into in a parasite, they look like very similar to like the Ganados in Resident Evil 4. Oh, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. I like it. All right. And then now then, uh, Jordan, so this is middle of the road. I don't think anything I'm worried about. I am disappointed that it wasn't better because this was definitely not a flop for at least the first few chapters. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you really see the structural issues the series had. It's one of those things where, damn, you just fix a few things here and it wouldn't have been a flop, but right. you can't ignore the things that you fucked up. You just, you can't go home. Can't ignore it. Ugh. Uh. All right. Well, with that, I think I'll, let's go to shout outs. How's that sound? Yep. Let's do it. So, Dingo, I want to start by saying thank you so much for joining us today. Where can our listeners find all of the totally awesome things you're working on? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, you can find me. I'm mostly on Twitter or sorry, X, I guess. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you, Elon. At underscore Scoob and Shag. You can. I, my card is on there. So my links to everything is basically on there. What Scoob and Shag, you can read it on Webtoons. And uh, yeah. You can read it on Webtoons along with, what was that one manhwa people were crazy about? Solo leveling? Okay. Oh yeah, that one was huge. That one was huge, but read Scoob and Shag instead. 
<laughs> uh, my one remaining scoob and sketch conspiracy theory is i know at the beginning you had shag say different words that start with the word the letter z like zimbabwe yeah and i've always been paranoid that like he was saying that and it's some sort of like 600 iq code that'll be relevant <laughs> in like six years down the line so you have to keep track of the initial bullshit z words he said in the first like 10 pages of the comic you don't know about that fuck did i just ruin it for myself yeah, it's at the when the finale when Scoob uh, and Shag they finally meet. If you look at the number <laughs> of vowels in each word he said and convert it to Morse code, it was. <laughs> it actually spells out zoinks. Oh my god. Oh no, but I, uh, I do really, really love that series. Thank you again to Sneaker for recommending it to me. I know you're taking a little bit of break now, but I'm very excited for whenever it comes back. Mm-hmm. And then um, I also want to give props to Jordan for the opening ending theme, being a great co-host and helping with editing. David, thank you for also being a great co-host and helping with the editing and putting everything else together. No. Props to Mer Lyle for the awesome cover art. Find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. I was actually just hanging out with him at my bachelor party where apparently a lot of people think I was joking about the fact that he pays for that art, but he really does. So Nigel, he does. thank you so fucking much for doing that. Dingo, for reference, we actually have artwork made for every episode and he literally sends us money to mission art for every single episode, which is so kind oh, of that's him. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank and you, then, Nigel. And thank you, Dylan, for assistance with editing. You'll find his podcast, Anime Out of Context at AnimeContext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. Find us on Twitter at uh, AKX at Shonen Flopcast and our <laughs> website <laughs> ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, wherever else you get our podcast. And join the Shonen Flop Discord. Open to everyone, patron or not. Come hang out with us and talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. We also have a monthly movie night. You can find a link to it in the show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. Wouldn't be able to keep the show running without their support, including getting some monthly content. Jordan, what are we dropping this month well david we are covering sandland which uh you know by a little guy named uh, akira toriyama you know i think that guy i think that guy uh one piece he's one to watch oh yeah didn't he work on one piece i don't remember i feel like i feel one piece definitely had some inspiration didn't he work on bleach no no he he worked on jackie chan adventures actually oh that's what it was yeah okay yeah (laughs) yeah he voiced uncle (laughs) fuck off all right uh but you can even be listening into our recording live or listen to the warm-up audio find it at patreon.com slash flop and i want to read off some of our wonderful patrons jordan actually convinced someone at my bachelor party to become a patron hell yeah (laughs) always be closing yes abc i want to start off with our dolphin dad patrons hold on guys i had to bait my bear trap shonifer lay down and relax who is actually listening in right now so thank you so much yo and please donate to help the victims of the Mayo wildfires red cross Mayo strong fund i guess that one wasn't a joke you should do that next up we have the ravioli tier where you get weekly photos of my adorable puppy ravioli we have chris eva josh robinson karate chopsticks rachel my wonderful fiance i actually drove by my favorite bakery coming home from my bachelor party trip and i I was like, damn, I wish we could get some. And then while I was hanging out with Rachel, there's a knock in the door and it was fucking cake delivered from that bakery. <laughs> so she just knew I was going to want some cake when I came home from a five hour road trip. I know. It's crazy. Uh, we, and then Scarlett Mirmadin, Trevor Schechner, who thank you, Trevor, for so much for driving me on said road trip. And then our King of the Forest patrons, 090Z, Bandit Stuff, Shell Florine, Jacob Andrew Bandit Galloway. Stuff. Hey, wait a minute. Bandit Stuff. Who's that? That's my girlfriend. Oh, Ooh. that's dope. Jacob Andrew Galloway, King Salamander, Kirby Mont, Marty, Max Baker, Not Jeff, T, who I also saw this weekend, T Wolfwood, who is listening in right now. Thank you, T Wolfwood, and Tommy Boy. I also want to give a big thank you to our Galactic Ball Federation officers and our Beast Children. 
Yes, I love you all. You are my children. And then, Jordan, anything you want to add in? Yeah, you know, check out my other secret podcast, Mission Ignition, where we talk about a terrible TV show that nobody's ever heard of except for me called Vampires. I'm surprised when we were talking about deep cut animation references, you didn't talk about vampires. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dingo, check out a terrible 90s abomination TV show, which may in fact star Gary Oldman, nobody's <laughs> yeah. sure, called Vampires, V-A-N as in Nancy, dash P-I-R-E-S. Okay, yeah, I, is... you said it and I'm like, that sounds familiar. I think I've heard of it before. It's core memory unlocked. Yeah. You have to see it to believe it. It's life-changing. Jordan and his fucking vampires. All right, but I think that's all the time we have for today. So let's get in the sign off. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our first thoughts on Nanohazard. This has been David. This has been Jordan. And this has been Dingo. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, flopping. Yeah. Yeah.